Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, bringing it to you today, talking about things that the media and people in general have gotten wrong about the Pittsburgh Steelers, specifically this offseason in general, and some of these pretty bad takes that are coming down the pipeline as we head towards the NFL Draft. And I tell you what... People have been extraordinarily wrong about this team. It really has been kind of a, one of the running issues, I would say, of this offseason, is that so many people are throwing out some pretty bad takes when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think in a, n- a number of these circumstances, this fan base is very big. And the Steelers fan base is very passionate. We definitely know that, especially being a Steelers website that uh, produces a lot of content. We, we we see you. We hear you. We know about this fan base. And at the end of the day, we are a part of you. We get it. This is a passionate group. So I think in some perspectives, some of these bad takes are really just try, trying to kind of catch the irk of uh, Steelers fans in general, try to boost ratings because... 
this fan base once again is so passionate and so big the second you mention the Pittsburgh Steelers it elicits a reaction the second you elicit a negative thought about the Pittsburgh Steelers that reaction is going to be magnified times 10,000 I can guarantee you that so some of the takes that we uh, want to dive into today and namely the first one I want to look at is how wrong people have been about Ben Roethlisberger Coming into this offseason, from the moment the Steelers' uh, season ended with that uh, crippling playoff loss to the Cleveland Browns, a lot of people were trying to write Ben Roethlisberger off, saying he should retire. Obviously mentioning the contract, which obviously eventually got uh, figured out. But mentioning having the biggest cap hit in the NFL. Mentioned that Ben kind of struggled down the stretch a little bit. At the end of the day, Ben Roethlisberger was... I don't think he was the issue when it came to the Steelers. Last year, the team obviously had its problems. The team wasn't able to run the ball at all, of course. They were the 32nd ranked rushing team in the league. It is one of the biggest things this team needs to figure out as they head towards the NFL draft. But that really wasn't Ben's problem that they couldn't run the ball. Play calling was also terrible. Like, I'm sorry, Randy Feekner, but that offense was so predictable that after the season was over, defensive players were telling reporters around the league that when they were preparing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it was almost like a week off because of how easy it was to predict the plays that were coming because the offense was so vanilla. Randy Feekner's gone. Insert Matt Canada, his creativity. It's going to be different. There's going to be new running backs. There's going to be new members of the offensive line. We know this. We know this from the losses. It's going to be a point of emphasis for the draft. The running attack will be overhauled. The passing attack will benefit from that because teams don't have to just wait on Ben Roethlisberger to throw the ball in less than a second and a half, which is easily jumpable when you know it's coming 90% of the time. I expect Ben Roethlisberger to take off statistically, especially with the 17th game added to this upcoming season. Of course, Big Ben was one touchdown pass away from tying a career best. He threw 33 touchdown passes in the year 2020. Of course, he sat out the last game against the Cleveland Browns, a game in which Mason Rudolph himself threw a couple of touchdown passes. So, if Ben Roethlisberger played that game, I think it would have been a fair assessment to say he would have broken his career record for touchdown passes in a season, which I don't think think has been talked about enough. It is something notable. I don't think Ben is done by any means, but yet week in and week out, we've been hearing from so many people in the media, even in the fan base, how it's time to move on from Big Ben. To me, when you look around this organization, you look around what was available in, in free agency and via trade and what's available in the draft, especially when the Steelers are starting to pick. My biggest thought here is what is the alternative. If it's not Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, most likely it's Mason Rudolph. And then after that, it's probably Josh Josh Dobbs who just re-signed a one-year contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers before Dwayne Haskins' name is even mentioned to round out the depth chart. That's just how the team works. But if Ben Roethlisberger wasn't here, it, it isn't getting any better for the year 2021. He makes his team better in the immediate future, and whether or not this is his last season, I think the Steelers are better with him under center. Until Ben Roethlisberger proves he can't throw throw the ball 20 yards down the field, then I would say, yeah, it might be time to hang him up. One of those things with Ben Arms, too, before we move on to the next talking point here, Ben was able to throw the ball with a little bit of zip on it last year. Of course, he's had the, the elbow surgery that he really babied all offseason last season. 
but he was still able to throw the ball with some zip. I know his deep ball was lacking to a degree, but that had more to do with him not being able to have time in the pocket and throwing the ball quickly because he didn't want to get sacked. We know this. Ben Roethlisberger hates getting hit. All the time in his career when he's talked about retiring, it's usually come after a game where he's been sacked five, six, seven, eight times. He doesn't like being hit. So now with the emphasis of adding to the offensive line to help the rushing attack, which in turn will help the passing game, Ben should have a little bit more time. He'll have a little bit more experience with Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, who prior to last season, Ben Roethlisberger only had a game and a half with. This offensive unit is going to grow together. This, uh, th this team in general is very young. So this entire group working with Ben is going to be another step further. And I bet Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a little bit more confidence in his receivers running down the field. One of those receivers is the next talking point about things the media, fans, etc. have gotten wrong about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's Juju Smith-Schuster. Even myself, even most of the people at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com would probably tell you a couple months ago that it's almost guaranteed that Juju Smith-Schuster will be moved on from in the offseason. Now, I think a lot of us kind of expected it because of how much money he should have garnered, but having kind of a, a down couple seasons compared to his first few years in the league, Smith-Schuster's value tanked a little bit. I, I think to a degree that was expected, but his love of the city and really the love of the fans here in Pittsburgh is the reason why he, he came back to the Steel City in general. We know he's been offered bigger deals, uh, specifically the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens. He turned them down to stay in black and gold. Where do all these kind of factors come in from? Really, I think it, it really boils down to how the Steelers are a a player-first organization. They have a coach, a, a very player-friendly coach. They do everything by the book. They are upfront and honest with you from the beginning, and I think players respect that. I, honestly, I'd be surprised if players didn't respect that, and it speaks volumes to the organization in general. So many people have gotten that wrong about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Once again, this offseason was kind of a kind of a reminder to how good this team is when it comes to player relations. Juju Smith-Schuster's back. They had to release Vince Williams. Guess what? He signed back after being released. Tyson Alualu signed away in one of the craziest stories I can remember in any offseason, let alone a COVID year. Signs to another team. Gets put in a quarantine and what happens? He realizes, well, you know what? I'm better off staying here in Pittsburgh. It speaks volume to the organization. And it really, this talking point extends past Juju in general. It, it speaks volumes to how, how much players want to play in the Steel City, how much value they get from being here, how well they're treated. It's all important. Moving things along, some of the other things that... Uh, we see about this team moving towards the draft and some of these takes stem from NFL mock drafts. I know, say what you want about NFL mock drafts. You may hate them. You may love them. You may make one every single day. You may even make one with a thousand trades in it and have the Steelers making about 1,500 selections, even though there's only about 300 picks in any given draft year. But the Pittsburgh Steelers 
they know what they have, they know what they don't have, and they typically take the best player available at the positions they don't have. So why are so many analysts continuing to mock the Steelers' positions that they don't actually need? It's happened time in and time out now this offseason, and it really is kind of frustrating from a fan, especially from a fan that writes on a blog every single day when it comes to talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and trying to get fresh takes, fresh ideas. We get the Steelers taking a defensive tackle in the second round, and it's happened a couple times now, almost with a little bit more frequency. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you have to remember, are bringing back all seven members of the interior defensive line from last season. So that's D-tackle and defensive end. Those are the guys that are inside of TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Those are the guys clogging up the middle, running amok, stopping the run, even picking up sacks. We're talking Tyson Alualu, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, Chris Wormley, Carlos Davis, Isaiah Bugs. Those guys are all coming back. The Steelers don't have space to add another defensive lineman. So where is this notion coming from that the Steelers need to add a defensive lineman to this team? It really doesn't make any sense. They're not cutting anyone. They just extended Tyson Alualu and Chris Wormley for another two years. And the beginning of last offseason, they gave Cam Hayward a contract extension. And Stefan Tuitt still has more time here as well. Really, it's one of the more frustrating things when you're clicking on the latest mock draft from NFL or ESPN or The Athletic, you name it. And all of a sudden, the Pittsburgh Steelers are supposed to take a defensive tackle in the second round? Are you kidding me? That is not happening. That's going to wrap things up for the first half of this podcast. We're going to get into more positions of the NFL draft in the second part. So just hang tight and we will be back with more Steelers content in just a minute. with Game Pass. It is time for the second half of the Live Mike podcast. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And said website, as we're heading towards the draft, before we continue, I think it is important to mention that there's going to be a ton of draft-related content coming up in in the coming weeks as we head towards the NFL draft. Tons of film room, tons of breakdown of these guys that the Steelers will add. I'll be coming to you soon. It'll be coming in hot. It'll be coming in fast. There's going to be a ton of it. So if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, do yourself a favor. Make sure you're following us on all our social media platforms. You could do that by searching BTSC, BTSC Steelers, Behind the Steel Curtain. You search any of those things, we're going to come up. We are verified on Twitter and Facebook. So 
not to, not to be uh, uh, not to be missed. You will find our pages just by uh, doing a quick little search. We're gonna have breaking uh, news uh, podcast coming out every time the Steelers make a pick. Uh, we're gonna be have live reaction. We're gonna have film breakdown. We're gonna have depth chart uh, information. Everything related to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the draft you can imagine. We're gonna have it at Behind the Steel Curtain. So make sure you're following all the social media platforms so you get that content as quickly as it becomes available. Another thing you can do to help out the website is if you're listening here on uh, Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you're listening to, if they have a rating system, go ahead and give us five stars. Give us a like. Leave a comment. The more of you that does that, the more of us this uh, platform can grow and the better content and more content we can bring to you. So I cannot stress enough how important that would be to us if you are able to do those things for us. With all that being said, let's continue along with this week's podcast topic. And of course, that is looking at how wrong that the media or fans or just just any of us in general have been about the Steelers when it comes to this offseason. And the second half, I want to focus a little bit more on those draft picks that, that we touched on in the, the first half of this podcast. Of course, we know the Pittsburgh Steelers need some help with their offensive line. We know this. It is something that they are going to have to address. And I don't think any Steelers fan would be surprised if they addressed it multiple times early on in this upcoming draft. Positions, of course, we know they need. They need a center and they could probably use another left tackle. Of course, Chooks Okorafor and Zach Banner, they're a pretty solid duo, but I think this team still could use an upgrade on that left side. What they don't need is an interior guard. The amount of times I've seen it this offseason already, where the Steelers are being mocked a guard in the early rounds, or really a guard at all, it just doesn't make any sense. If the player doesn't have the ability to snap the ball, adding a guard is just silly. We know the Pittsburgh Steelers have David DeCastro already on the roster. Sure, he may have taken a little step back last year, but at the end of the day, it it seems pretty safe to say that big Dave DeCastro was playing a little bit banged up in the 2020 season. With that being said, though, he was still elected to a Pearl Bowl, which at the end of the day is still voted on not just by the fans, but by by front office staff, by players. It's a multi-level voting system where guys that are in the NFL and around those circles have a voice and it might be a little bit louder than the fans voice if we're being honest here when it comes to who gets into that game so I think it still means something that DeCastro was one of the guys elected to the Pro Bowl which once again he was once again in 2020 the other guard Right now, it definitely projects to be Kevin Dotson, and there's absolutely no reason why Kevin Dotson shouldn't be the starting guard, and there's no reason why they should be drafting someone to even try to push them, because I don't think they would surpass Kevin Dotson at that left guard spot. Kevin Dotson was arguably the best Steelers offensive lineman when he was out there on the field in 2020. That is a legit thought, and I don't even think it's a stretch by saying that by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, Kevin Dotson was benched in the playoff game against the Cleveland Browns when Matt Filer got healthy, but I think that has more to say about how the Pittsburgh Steelers view their rookies than Kevin Dotson's ability to play the game. The Steelers just don't put their rookies in situations to play on the field unless they have to. 
I think that might have to change a little bit this year with the amount of holes the Steelers have on their roster currently as we head towards the draft. But that being said, last year, Kevin Dotson, by all by all accounts, was playing better than Matt Filer, and there's no reason why Matt Filer should have started against the Cleveland Browns. He did. The rest is history. But what we know now, Matt Filer is gone, but that should not matter, and it shouldn't matter in the slightest. The Pittsburgh Steelers are set pretty pretty good right now, especially at that guard spot. Like like we've mentioned, David DeCastro and Kevin Dotson can be cornerstones. I know David DeCastro is closing in on the end of his tenure in the NFL. He's got one year left on his contract, and I really don't see a reason why he shouldn't get an extension, even this offseason, to try to bring the Steelers a, a little bit more cap space. That could be a duo for another two, three, four years. I wouldn't be surprised. Kevin Dotson seems to be kind of the anchor of the next generation of the Steelers' offensive line and someone that uh, I think will have a pretty big role on the Steelers in 2021. He, by all accounts of the imagination, should be the starting left guard. The Steelers going with the guard spot in the first or second round just doesn't make any sense, especially when they have other holes in their offensive line that need to be filled. And, of course, they still need to to find a running back. It's one of those things. To me, it would feel like a wasted pick, Kind of like you're just banking on the future. And for a team that has pushed so much money into future years, the Steelers are pr- pretty all-in on the 2021 season. Potentially Ben's last go-around. Like, like I've been saying, the Steelers are pretty all-in, and it wouldn't make any sense to be addressing a future need, especially early, in a spot of stability. Another one of these positions that are pretty much the exact same situation the guards find themselves in is the outside linebacker room. Yes, we know TJ Watt. He finished second in defensive player of the year voting last season. There's no no question on him. He is the unquestioned leader of that defense. We know Bud Dupree left, but for some reason, so many in the media have turned a blind eye to the Steelers' third-round pick a year ago in Alex Highsmith, who by all means should be the starting outside linebacker in replacement of Alvin Bud Dupree. Alex Highsmith is deserving of this opportunity, and really, he is going to be the starter when it comes to Week 1, 2021. That's the guy. But yet, how many times have we seen the Steelers being mocked in a a pass rusher in the first round? Heck, even Pro Football Focus unveiled the mock draft where the Steelers went pass rush with their first and second round pick. Uh, Can you say you do not understand this team more than, than doing that? Really, that's one of the more frustrating things of this offseason is when you click onto a page, we know how much PFF likes to rip on the Steelers. And I think that's something to do with how that cranks out the, the clicks and the views and the comments on their stuff. It's by trashing the Steelers. But really, when you talk about tell me you don't know the Pittsburgh Steelers without telling me you don't know anything about the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's by mocking them two edge rushers with their first two picks. It just doesn't make any sense. That being said, the Steelers still need an edge rusher. If they do, they need a primary backup. But you're not taking a primary backup that early, especially with the amount of holes this team already has. Sure, if someone ridiculous like Jalen Phillips is there at 55, you can't really pass up on that value. But there's no reason to be taking someone that's supposed to be a second round pick in the second round when that is far so far from 
what you actually need on this team. The Steelers, we know, they need a center. They probably need a tackle. They need a running back. They need a tight end too. They need an outside linebacker number two. They, they definitely need some, some depth at safety. And depending on what Cam Sutton and James Peer do at corner, they might need an outside or a nickel type guy. And even for that matter, they could still add another linebacker. So when we look at all these needs and needs that are definitely pressing this team, sure, depth outside linebacker is an important one, but it doesn't sniff the top of this list and it doesn't really come close to the top of this list either. So when you when you see these things, it is super frustrating. But uh, one of the things we still need to keep in mind, they still need someone to back up T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, be able to take them off the field for a couple plays here and there and not be targeted. Like we kind of saw Cassius Marsh get targeted in that Browns playoff game after Alex Highsmith got hurt. Cassius Marsh... <clears throat> He, he he showed some stuff as a as a special teamer last season, especially against the Indianapolis Colts late in the year. I remember him laying a big hit, but that guy can't be your number three. So once again, the Steelers need someone there. <laughs> they definitely aren't going there in the first or second round. It just wouldn't make any sense. Even if the value was ridiculous, it still just doesn't make any sense because the Steelers so desperately need to fill some holes for a team that's trying to contend. The last kind of take I want to hit today is uh, is the thought of the Steelers as a whole. And right now, it hasn't been proved to be wrong, but perhaps this might be a bold prediction, but for the amount of people that think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to fall off a cliff and not even come anywhere close to winning the AFC North, I think that also is a bad take. Look around the, the rest of the AFC North. The Cincinnati Bengals really haven't done all that much in in hopes of protecting Joe Burrow. Sure, they could draft some offensive linemen. That's definitely something they can do and help kind of boost the offense of this team, but the Bengals are still a lot of pieces away, and we don't know what Joe Burrow's going to come back like off that brutal ACL tear. We don't know what he's going to do. When you look at the Baltimore Ravens, I'd say they lost considerably more than what the Steelers did, and they weren't able to fill any of their needs at receiver, even though they were desperately trying to sign a guy. They end up throwing a ton of money at Sammy Watkins, who is not nearly the player he used to be, and the player he used to be wasn't even that great either. Sorry, Sammy Watkins, but that's just the fact of the matter. The Ravens, they could also be a team that takes a step back next year. So then, really, it comes down to the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns, sure, they knocked off the Steelers, and they kind of came down to the wire with the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round of the playoffs. But that being said, the Browns... They, they really aren't a team that scares me all that much. Sure, they could be the favorite to win the AFC North at this point. They put together a decent roster for themselves. But that doesn't mean the Steelers aren't good enough to take them down. And the Steelers definitely are good enough to be a playoff team in general. Especially with seven playoff teams coming out of either conference. The Steelers have enough. And really, I understand they have a brutal schedule. But there's no reason to, to think this team won't be a playoff team again in 2021. Sure, there could be injuries, there could be this, there could be that, but the Steelers are still a team, a force to be reckoned with when they head closer and closer to the 2021 season. There's no reason to be saying the Steelers are going to flop completely on their face and be a team picking in the top 10 or have a losing record for the first time in the, the Mike Tomlin era. I just don't foresee that happening. The Steelers are still a team that can do some damage and 
if they nail this draft, potentially sign a couple more players, because really they do have the ability to do so, if they're able to, to pull all this off, then we're looking at the Steelers as a team that could potentially do some damage in the 2021 season if they can stay healthy and they can they can add a couple more bodies that really can help them compete. So with all that being said, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. And once again, I need to remind you that the draft is coming up. It, it is the Black Friday of, of uh, views and, and content when it comes to uh, Behind the Steel Curtain. There's so much so much stuff coming at you every single minute. Uh, we will be on it first if the Steelers are uh, trading back, if they're trading up, when they select a player, if they make any other kind of outside move in general. This draft is shaping up to be one of the more pre- unpredictable Steelers drafts in recent memory. They really could go a number of different ways uh, in every single round. So that is extremely exciting. And if you want the, the breakdowns of these players first and film breakdowns, and opinions and roundtables. I'm telling you, Behind the Steel Curtain is going to have it all for you. Uh, Join all of the fantastic hosts across the podcast platform. And on the editorial side, when it comes to this content, we couldn't be more excited for this process. The draft is just a couple sleeps away, under two weeks now. I I, I couldn't be more excited for it uh, myself. So... As, uh, as we uh, rapidly approach the NFL draft, uh, I want to remind you to hit hit that uh, that follow button on all our social media platforms. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. And again, we are so happy to uh, have you along for the ride with us. So thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Live Mic. We'll be right back here again uh, next week. Uh, and that will be, uh, it'll be draft week the next time you hear from me. So uh, make sure you're hanging out and make sure you're listening to everything else from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Once again, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.